Well, welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I'm your host, Jenny Hopkins, and this show is presented to you by Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank is serious about convenience. With nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs and mobile and online banking services, you're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. Other sponsors that we're grateful for, Highland Dairy, Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard cards and we're going to talk about them throughout the show. We're very grateful for all of our sponsors and they are hand-picked. So we have a great show tonight but I'm going to recap our last show. Our last show was Rugby 101. We had Brian Bevel on and we were talking rugby and we got down to the basics. Um, I learned a lot on that show and, and I don't think you could have anybody better to talk about rugby in this area other than Brian Bevel and I really appreciated his time. If you want to listen to that show, you can go to the website acoachesperspective.com and listen to it under previous shows. You can also hear it on Apple iTunes Podcasts, Spotify, Verbal, and Helium Satellite Radio, all under a coach's perspective. All right, so I'm, I'm very excited about our show tonight because we're going to discuss um, not just coaching, but the love of the game and the love of working with kids and what it's done to my two guests. It's brought them out of retirement and they are back on the sidelines. And I'm very excited to kind of dive into um, what they're getting out of their experience uh, currently. So first, I want to welcome to the show Mark Burt. He is here. And I you have had stops, Mark, at... Rogersville and Reed Spring, Hollister, you've all, or excuse me, you've been to um, Sparta as well. Um, you've had a wide, you've also been to Crane. You've had lots of spots in this area. You know Southwest Missouri basketball and you, re, you thought you retired. You thought you retired, um, but you are now back on the sideline as the junior high girls coach over at Greenwood and also helping assist with the varsity with Mike Percival. Tell me a little bit about, um, about what motivated you to get back on the sideline. Um, I, I have, it is kind of a unique journey to here because I, I came out of retirement for several reasons. One, um, the way that Greenwood and Mike Percival and, and yourself and, and um, Dr. Snodgrass have, have treated my son when he was here uh, was tremendous. I, I, he, was, he learned so much while he was here and all, all of the things that go into that. And when he came home and said, Dad, you know, uh, they want me to coach the girls and the boys, and I need an assistant. And that was like, okay, you don't get any better than that. You know, how many chances do you get to go coach with your son? So I gave notice at the trucking company. I was I was driving a truck at the time and, and was very glad to do so because it was such a rewarding experience to work with him, to work with Coach, get to know Coach Percival even better, and to be here with, around kids. And it made me realize just how much I enjoyed being around kids. It's such, education is such a unique concept where your kids keep you young, they keep you active, you're, uh, you're a role model every day, whether you are a good one or a bad one, but you are one every day. And uh, I, I realized how much I'd missed it. And uh, I was so thankful for Coach Percival in particular with his, the way he, uh, the amount of things he's poured into Lucas, our son. And, and I uh, was just grateful for that. Yes, and of course we wish uh, Lucas the best of luck as he has his first head coaching job. He's athletic director and head coach at Fair Play High School, so we wish him the best of luck as well. Uh, we have in the studio as well with us, we have Coach Todd Mercer, who um, just, you're never going to leave the sideline. Nobody's going to let you do it because you're too good at what you're doing. And you know this game, you know kids, um, kids respond very well to you. You've had stops um, at Stanbury, and then you were an assistant at Greenwood for some guy named Mark Fisher. 
Fisher, I believe. Yeah, I Pleas- right. yeah Pleasant Hope, Reed Spring, Harrisonville. You were at BBC for a while, you, um, most recently at Nixon as an assistant. And now you're back here at Greenwood taking over the junior high team. So what's it like being back on the sidelines? You didn't have much of a retirement. We didn't give you, you didn't get too big of a break from the game. But what is it like being back over here? Uh, we're having a blast. Greenwood's a great school. and I, I fell in love with the place. Uh, you know, 90 to 92 when I was helping Coach Fisher. So when the opportunity came along, like I say, I, I, I just love being around the game. And, and uh, it was a unique situation. Coach Dodd, who's a head varsity coach for, I think, 25 years experience, uh, is helping as well as Coach Fisher is helping. And Coach <laughs> Fisher was my high school coach and also I was his assistant here. And he's got about 26 to 27 years of head coaching experience. I think I have 27. So we're just having a blast. Uh, it's a great school. And uh, like I say, it's just, it's a lot of fun. We're having a blast. Well, and and let's expand a little bit on your coaching staff. You know, you talked um, these these gentlemen into coming and helping you out and and you are having a lot of fun and it's it's enjoyable to see, you know, three retired coaches coming back, veteran coaches with a wealth of knowledge. Um, The last time you were here at Greenwood, um, the players that you're coaching now, their dads were playing for you. And so it's, that's kind of fun that you kind of get to see that generation. So, you know, working with those, with those guys, I know they're friends, but at the same time, they're also professionals. And and how has that been to have this coaching staff dive into this um, junior high program? Right. It's been awesome. And, and, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for every coach because of the the nature of the job, but I, I, Coach Fisher and Coach Dodd are two people I respect. They're on top of my list. And when they both said yes, I was thrilled. You know, uh, Coach Fisher actually called and volunteered, and I had to think about that one a little bit. <laughs> but uh, no, we we're having a blast. And it's funny you mentioned the you know the player the parents of players we have now, and and uh, it's funny because that before or after every game or after practice, they'll say how much did you run them? Because I know that was you know things have kind of changed a little <laughs> yeah. bit with with things like that. But it's funny. But yeah, it, it's. It's been awesome, like I say. Uh, you know, uh, I feel like we've got three head coaches over there, and if one of us gets tired or out of breath, the other one jumps right in there, and sometimes we're all talking at the same time too. So, yeah. uh, But it, it's, it's a really neat experience, and I'm enjoying it. And, and uh, like I say, I, in some ways I'd compare it to what Coach Vert with his son, like I say, with Coach Fisher. Cause yeah. I, like I say, I have a tremendous amount of coach for Coach Fisher and Coach Dodd, but I give Coach Fisher a lot of grief, and I still will, and I will tonight as well, probably. But uh, <laughs> he'll give it right oh, back. We sure all know I'll, that. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure I'll be the one replying or having a rebuttal, probably. But, <laughs> but that being said, it's been it's been a neat experience, and like I said, I wouldn't want to do it at any different school. I mean, it's just a great environment, uh, great student athletes, great support, great administration. All the other coaches are very supportive, and and uh, like I say, I still talk to a lot of the. A lot of other young men now. I've about said kids, but they're not kids. A lot of them are, I guess, forties now and doing things, uh, big things out in the world. But uh, you know, still, still keep up with a, a majority of them. So. Just a great opportunity and, and feel blessed to, to be a part of it. That is nice. That is nice. Well, and Coach Burt, you know, you've coached a lot of sports. In fact, you had a state championship team in cross country at Rogersville, and you have had a hand in a lot of sports. But I, what is it about the game of basketball that you love so much? I, uh, I had kind of a Jordan-esque entry into basketball. I didn't play any junior high sport or sports until I got into eighth grade. And actually, when I was in eighth grade, I, I was a really good football player in the, in the junior high season, but I got cut from the eighth grade boy, or boys team. And, it, and from that moment, it just crystallized me that I'm going to prove myself that I belong on the team next year as a freshman. And I, I literally had a basketball in my hands every single day, whether it was raining, whether it was snowing, whatever it was, I was out in the yard shooting on a hoop that was hooked up to a telephone pole. <laughs> 
and I shot literally every day. And, and from that moment, I, I have basketball has been uh, a part of my life. My wife says I've been having a 40 year affair with basketball, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not sure that she's not correct on some level <laughs> right sure sure <laughs> we we used to have a, a sign hanging in our house when I was coaching that said we interrupt this marriage for basketball season exactly. so it, you definitely have uh it is a time commitment it's actually a lifestyle I've never is. known a, if you do it right coaching is she, a lifestyle she tells me all the time that that she wanted she was a, a pirate pepper when she was in high school the big cheer person and um she loves to go to games now. In fact, she's going uh, tonight. She'll get, be at our, my game tomorrow night. She'll be at Lucas's game in fair play. <laughs> Thursday night, we'll get to both get to go watch him play for the first time. So um, it, it is a lifestyle for us. Mm-hmm, definitely. You know, and I think it's interesting that you brought up, you know, we've talked on this show sometimes about, you know, perseverance. And, and even if you fail at something, you've got it. That's part of That's just part of the path. You know, it is growth. And um, I love that you're using Michael Jordan as an example because he did have a lot of failures throughout his life but then he is recognized as probably the most successful and most decorated uh, player to ever play the game and so to have that kind of um, you know that that feeling and you've been through that I'm same thing with Babe Ruth Babe Ruth you know you think of him as the home run king right but he led the league in strikeouts for seasons and so there are there are times where I want kids to be reminded that you know sometimes you know you've got to persevere And, and working with junior high students you never know who's going to explode with talent later in life. So when you are working with students at that age, you know, how do you um, encourage them if they are your sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, you know, player, maybe not one of your starters, your leading scorers, how do you motivate them to continue forward? I had an introduction to that kind of a concept when I was at Rogersville, uh, the the first tour of duty. Gary Mack McDaniel was the head basketball coach out there, and he said this to me one time, because I would hang around his office or just wherever he was doing something, I would kind of hang around and kind of pick things up. And he said the one thing that kids, as long as kids see themselves getting better every day, Mm -hmm. they're going to pay more attention, they're going to be more involved, they're going to buy in quicker. Uh, But if they don't see themselves getting better every day, then you start losing that attentiveness and I think that's really really important so we try to get better at something every day that's a great idea what about you coach Mercer anything to add to that on motivating kind of the this that six seven eight ninth man right yeah no I agree with what coach first said and it's funny you said that because it's our very first day we met the players the first day of practice we talked and probably one of the first things all three of the coaches mentioned we're, we're all going to make mistakes how are we going to handle and respond to those mistakes and uh he hit on another thing. We try to get better every day, and it's amazing. You know, at junior high level and at Greenwood, you've got a wide variety of, of talent. You know, you've got some kids that have played years, and you've got some that this is their first time they've ever tried out. But to see the improvements, uh, just even in two or three weeks, with some of these some of these kids, it's just been amazing. I'll, I'll give compliments to Coach Verd. I mean, they, they, you know, they won their game the other night at, down at uh, Mansfield, and, and uh, just – you know, their ball movement offensively I thought was was so much better in the first game. And, you know, we, we played our first half here against, uh, heck, I can't remember who we played, you know, Wablo in our B game. And to say that it was interesting would be a, <laughs> an understatement. And I, it got just a notch above uh, interesting, you know, from the second quarter on. But they competed and they had fun. And, and uh, you know, that that's what we're just trying to do is just, you know, just responding to adversity. I mean, life is all about adversity and, and basketball and, and most athletic 
you know, venues. That that's how you're going to respond to those things. We're all going to make mistakes. Coaches, is, uh, you know, we'll we'll probably lead the league in mistakes. How are we going to respond to our mistakes? And that's what we're trying to, you know, impart on on our players and and uh, uh, you know just just really try to tell them to move past that and and don't let one mistake lead to another. We always, you know, as, as a head coach, we always had a saying in the next play. If I ever saw a kid put his head down. Sometimes we barked it at them a little bit more about next play, but you know, don't let one mistake compound another one because that you see that happen a lot. Yeah, you do, you do, and I, I think I don't think mistakes really define players. I think what happens right after that mistake that's what defines right. you Absolutely. and how you respond to it. And I think that's really important. Well, we're going to continue this conversation with Coach Vert and Coach Mercer. We're going to take our first break. We want to thank Great Southern Bank for being our presenting sponsor, and we will have these veteran coaches back. And believe me, we are going to pick their brains this show. So stick around. We will be right back here on a coach's perspective. Well, welcome back to A Coach's Perspective. This is Jenny Hopkins. I have Todd Mercer and Mark Burt here. And this segment is sponsored by Highland Dairy. Highland Dairy is owned by dairy farmers, and they've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. It's a proven fact from scientific studies and professional dietitians that the ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after a workout is chocolate milk. And Highland Dairy has the best tasting chocolate. They're a proud sponsor of a coach's perspective. We appreciate Greg Stevenson working with us and all of his teammates over at Highland Dairy. So out of retirement, back in coaching, giving back to the game. Um, you know, these two gentlemen, you don't really have anything, you know, to prove in your career. You, you You've been successful. You've made an impact on lives, and now you're back on the sideline. And I, I kind of want to start off this segment by, you know, talking to younger coaches that are out there that are just getting started, like Lucas Burt and mm -hmm. and some other coaches that are in their first few years. Um, if if there was some advice that you would give them on some certain areas, we're going to start out with practice prep because I think that's something that's really important. Is a lot of young coaches kind of go in um, and they might not do as much prep for practice. They know kind of what they want to do. But it's really important to have a plan. So what would you suggest? I'll start with Coach Mercer on this. On preparing for a practice, what kind of advice would you give? I'm going to kind of go off of that, too, a little bit. But, you know, some advice I would give myself is I take it seriously, but don't take yourself so seriously and take the game so seriously. Oh, I like that. I have regrets from my first 10, 15, whatever years, looking back at some things I did, and I'm like, <laughs> now I just shake my head like, man, that was, you know, but, yeah. but it's just like there are, there are bigger things outside of that and of, of basketball. Now, trust me, Coach Furt and I are both, we're sitting here, we both wanted to win our games the other night, and Coach Fisher and Coach Dodd are the same way, and any coach who's worth his salt, but, you know, is gonna, I mean, that's what we're, that's, that's a part of it, let's face it, right. even at this level, but, you know, I, I, I took myself too seriously. I, it was sometimes, the game's not bigger than, you know, right, but you and you that goes with what you just said in our earlier segment. You know, if you make mistakes, we tell kids all the time that you know that what happens afterwards that's what right. defines you or go next play. Right. But sometimes coaches forget that same advice, absolutely. And and you know, I'm like, say, I, I'm speaking myself, but I'd say, you know, just looking back at some of the things, I mean, there's it's you know, at the end of the day, the relationships you form with those kids and see those kids develop into uh, adults who are you know contributing to society and. You know, I'm mid fifties now, and I'm the young guy on our coaches' staff by about ten years. <laughs> My gosh, I got to wake those, I got to elbow those guys on the bench every once in a while to wake them up. But uh, you know, just just having those relationships and hearing from former players and different yeah. things like that, or when a former player has a kid and they call you, and you know, that's 
I mean, that's so much more than a win. Now the wins are big. That's a trophy over your head. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so that's, that's important. And I think that all kind of ties into practice too. We, we have fun at our practice anymore. And we, we always kind of did or tried to, we always tried to end on something very positive because, you know, I've heard it before. That's, you know, the last thing they hear, the last thing, and you never know where those kids are going and what environment they're going into. You know, luckily, at Greenwood, it's usually a pretty good environment. We all coach at places where, mm-hmm. you know, maybe their home life's with them. So we always try to do something fun, you know, at the end or at least finish on a very positive. That's not always easy. But as far as practice planning, another big mistake I made when I was young, I would spend too much time in a practice, I, especially in junior high level. I think if you go more than six to eight to ten minutes on, on one thing, right. my experience is we've lost them. And I saw that even at the varsity you know, level. we go – we try to do something for 20, 25 minutes, and I'd wonder why the last 10 or 12, 15 minutes weren't as good as the first 10. Well, they were, they were ready to move on. Right. You know, yeah. and, uh, and also have some flexibility in your practice. I mean, we've all, I'm as guilty as anybody, we'll have a practice schedule. And we're, it's pretty detailed, but, you know, if something's not working, you know, there's, there's so what's the saying? There's different ways to skin a cat. So we try to, you know, be, be proactive instead of just trying to, you know, put that square in that, that round peg, and so to speak. Yeah. But, I think that I think you have to be organized because players will sense if you're not, right. you know, and, and uh, you know I think it's important that they see that it's important to you. I mean, we're expecting them to give 100 percent, both phys- physically and mentally, and in order to expect that, and, ex- and in order for them to want to do that, they've got to feel like you know that they have ownership in the team, that the coaches have ownership in the team, that everybody's you know contributing. So I would just try to be very organized, but also you know, and probably. You know, eight to ten minutes. We try to go. Uh, we try to go about a third on fundamentals, a third on offense, a third on defense. Later in my coaching career, we started scrimmaging more. When I first started, I didn't scrimmage enough, and I was really bad about. We'd make a mistake in practice, and who was the guy stopping practice? It was me. You know, and my my athletic director at uh, Harrisonville High School who hired me at Harrisonville, and it had a great blessing. It was great at Harrisonville. Had some really nice players and good teams and wouldn't trade that for anything. But he came into practice one day and practice went along and I was. I was stopping it. And my first year we were 2-21 and 21 at the varsity level and our average loss was by 28 points. And I was wondering, A, did I have a clue? And B, why did I go there? But quite honestly, <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest with you. And so he called me up after practice and said, hey, you just got to let him play and make mistakes. And, it, you know, as a coach, sometimes we hear that. It's like, ah, you know, like, I don't. And then after I kind of digested a little bit, I'm like, 100% correct. Yeah. You know, and I still catch myself every once in a while stopping that, but I think I've gotten better at it. But I, I think that's the big thing. We've got to allow, if we say it's okay to make a mistake, we've got to allow them to make mistakes. That's hard. It is hard. It's yeah. hard to give up that ownership. Uh, and not maybe ownership, but I, you know what I'm trying to say. So sure. you got to filter through. You have to filter through it. And, and I think, you know, if, if we're stopping practice or, or only on the mistakes – that's all the players are going to think that they're making mistakes. Mm-hmm. We try, I try to compliment our players more than you know. We had a young man take a charge the other day, the one charge of the season so far in practice, and Coach Dodd and myself just went crazy. And the kids are looking around like, you know, what, what are the, what's wrong with these guys? Right. But you know, we we try to celebrate those things. We've had some players, you know, our B team. We had a young man I won't mention his name, but came up after the game and said, Coach Mercer, that's the first time I've played on a, a team that's won anything in two years. And I gave him a fist bump, and, you know, he was excited. And, I mean, that you know, it's just – that's and, – and let's face it, some of the kids we have coached are – I mean, through the years, I've coached, been 
coached some really talented players. I've coached some players like myself who weren't very good, and Coach Fisher would tell you that. But he couldn't coach a big man. I want to put that on the record. If he could have, I would have played more. But that being said, you know, it, it's, it's like I say, we've just got to, you know, try to celebrate those good things and, and uh, you know, there's 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 good in everything. If we, we just sometimes just have to find it, and that was my biggest mistake as a young coach. I was just okay. We got to fix this. Right. We've got to fix this. We've got to fix this. And so many times, while I was worried about fixing stuff, I was missing all the good things that were going on. Right. You know, and, if you don't and, stop and and celebrate the good things too. Absolutely. And and uh, I think that's important. Uh, and I think that leads into you know. Uh, you know, making your teams act right, things like that. And we can talk about that a little yeah. bit too. But, yeah, I think those things are important just to be organized but also understand that at the end of the day it's a game. I like the be flexible. I like that mm-hmm. a lot. I had to start using, a, a you know, the clock yeah. for my segments because I would keep going until mm-hmm. until you're satisfied and, and what yeah. coaches have really truly satisfied. Right. Right. So I had to start using a clock in practice as yeah. well. Anything to add to that, Coach Burt? Yeah, practice I, planning. I, I had to start using a clock, and I remember when, uh, even now at, at practice, I use the clock as much as I can because it keeps me from going too long on, and and drawing things out like you said because we we want our kids to to get it. Um, you know, in business they say uh, location, location, location. Well, in basketball or any sport is fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. Now, however you break up your time, you know, offensive fundamentals, defensive fundamentals. Um, Shell drill, I, I personally don't think. If you don't have shell drill mm-hmm. in your practice, then you haven't had practice. It doesn't count. And right. so you have to go back and <laughs> redo it and not count it. Um, my dad taught me, uh, or my foster dad taught me a long time ago, you know, plan plan to work, work to plan. Mm-hmm. And so if you write a good schedule and then you stick to it, and I, Coach Todd and, and Coach Mercer and Coach Percival and, and yourself, Coach Hopkins, you know, you, you have those shorter – I have five-minute periods, and those, you know, if you string longer than more than three of those together, you're going too long, and uh, then you move on. And and then if you need to come back the next day to something, that's always something that I found really good about coming back to it the next day, and then trying to hit it again. Uh, now we all have those things that we believe in, and you know, we talk about discipline and things like the building discipline into those. You can build those into your drills and all that stuff too. So, but yes. I. I think timing is really important as well. So. Well, and I do think discipline, is, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think discipline is really important for teams. And, and I, I don't mean like taking the fun out of it and making it robotic. That's not particularly what we mean by right. discipline. But I think when you have discipline, it means that they know when to flip the switch. They know when it's time to work. They know when it's time to get serious. Um, but but also that discipline of having um, that unity and that common vision, if you will. Yes. And, you know, walking in the gym and, you know, in practice gear or being able to sit together when they're watching, you know, their classmates playing another another game. I mean, there, there's some discipline there. Um, and being able to have some of those rules, how important do you think it is to, to implement that at the, at the junior high level, that discipline right off this, right off the bat. Really. I think it's important, and, and, and to touch on what you just said too. I think former players that I've talked to, we still talk about big games. Don't get me wrong, we always will. But we talk about summer trips, the shootouts. We you talk bet. about trips we took here or there. We talk about things we did, pregame meals when so and so did something, and you know, or, or Coach Mercer said something or did something stupid. I mean, you know, we're, we have that relationship <laughs> now. Like, you know, but, and, and one you really of, can't take yourself yeah, seriously. You can't. But one thing, uh, back to practice. One thing I would I forgot to mention. You shorten the the segments, and I used to go two and a half, three hour practices when I first started. 
and looking back on it, that was ridiculous too. Now, at the beginning of the year, our practices are longer. We'll go about sure. two hours. At the varsity level and junior high, our season's so short, we'll still go hour and 40 minutes. But in the varsity season, when we got to February, we'd go 45 minutes to an hour because I wanted them mentally sharp. You know, that it's such a long season. And uh, so I think that's a big thing. But the discipline you, you mentioned, you can still have fun and be disciplined. You know, you, you it, it's and I think you can almost maybe have more fun when your when your team is disciplined because they can see, you know, see how that that benefits them. You know, doing right. things right. There's something. You know, I was really proud of our guys the other night. Uh, number one, they they both both teams battled really well. But uh, so after the I think it was the B game, we had mentioned it to them the day before, maybe two or three days before, and I forgot about it. Our game's over. Our kids are walking to the locker room. One of them says, "Nope, we got to go back. We got to pick up the cups by the bench." And they went over and picked up the cups. I'm like, okay, somebody Here did listen, you know. <laughs> Maybe that Coach Fisher normally doesn't listen, but at least the players were, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, it's you can still have fun and be disciplined. I think just being consistent, you know. Uh, right. I think yeah. that's important. Yeah. And it establishes, you know, expectations. Absolutely. And you have expectations off the court, it's going to be a little easier to implement them on the court Absolutely. as well. All right. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're not done. We're going to continue to pick their brains. These veteran coaches, we have Mark Vert here and Todd Mercer, and we're going to continue talking with them. We'll take our next break. Thank you to Highland Dairy for sponsoring this segment, along with Greg and Melinda Burnett as they support local and thoughtful radio. This is Jenny Hopkins, and we'll be right back here on A Coach's Perspective. Welcome back to A Coach's Perspective. This is Jenny Hopkins. I have Coach Todd Mercer and Mark Vert here, and we are talking to these veteran coaches about uh, their experience, you know, having these wonderful careers and now being able to share that knowledge and coming back onto the sidelines. Um, this segment is sponsored by Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar. They know cars, they know trucks, they know SUVs, and they know service, and they know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. I've been one of them for over 25 years. Give Kelly Grant and Shane Rainey a call. They will take care of you at Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar, 417-326-7671. We also want to thank West Logging. Go to westlogging.com or find Danny West on Facebook. He will give you a free consultation and he'll treat your land like his own. We also appreciate Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance. So, coaches, we you know we've been talking a little bit about um, you know some advice for younger coaches or you know even players that are listening and athletes that are listening. We talked about practice planning and discipline, but tell me a little bit about motivational techniques. You know, what have let's let's talk about you know your first year coaching to now. What have you seen as far as the changes in athletes and the changes in how they're motivated? Coach Bird, I'll start with you first. I think uh, kids are motivated more by uh, different things that used to be um, they couldn't wait to get that uniform on their, from their high school, and and now th- there's you know there's travel ball there's there's other leagues that they play in other things that they do, and those things have have as those things have grown they've grown in importance and I won't say they've taken away from the high school experience but they've enriched it and added to it. And it makes it challenging because in some respects, it, cha- it makes us have to handle things differently as coaches in order, I don't want to use the word compete with those, but at least to stay on the same page with them. Um, because as, as travel ball and AAU and those kind of things have changed uh, the way that they think about things and the expectation. Um, used to be we could 
work kids as long and as hard and, and be as, you know, push and push and push and push. And I think that's had to, we've had to change the way we think about things and the way we do practices and the way we um, handle our kids. It's made me personally be more creative about uh, changing the way I've always been a teacher and as a girls coach, longtime girls coach, um, I always felt very lucky to coach girls because most of the time girls want to know why. They, they are, if you can convince them about why, uh, boys don't care why. They just <laughs> give me the ball and let's go play. And But with girls, they want to know why are we doing this drill? Why, why do I need to do it that way? Why do I not do it that way? What about this? Well, my dad's in, in – they, if you can teach them why and then teach them, here's what I want, here's what I expect, uh, they do a really good job of buying into that and, and coming along and, and, and being very good players. Well, and that also increases their basketball IQ. I mean, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with explaining why they, you know, roll this way after a screen or roll that mm-hmm. way or, um, you know, or why they're going to curl on a cut or fade on a cut. I mean, those types of things are, are also increasing their basketball IQ, which is motivating because then they understand the game. And as their knowledge of the game grows, then their confidence is going to grow. And I think that is the one of the biggest things. Um, coaching girls and boys from seventh grade on, the, the most – start changes in girls and boys athletes is that boys grow six inches and girls won't grow that much but the girls iq and then their tenacity to get better um they'll become better shooters and and as you talk about it they'll they'll do the detail oriented things better um in the post moves and and picks and rolls and and all those kind of things and then their girls are so competitive amongst themselves and with themselves that it's and that's a little bit different a lot of guys are but a lot of girls they are you know you challenge them and they're going to they're going to rise to that challenge and and go accept it and become really good basketball players anything to add to that coach mercer yeah i agree with you Mercer smith uh you know and and you know there's always people saying well kids kids have changed so much since i mean i'm maybe in the minority in, in this view but the the kids that i coached back in you know, gosh, 1988, 1987 to now, I haven't seen that big of a change in them. I mean, I, in terms of, you know, kids, I mean, yeah. just kids. Now, now I do, I mean, it, I agree that I think they've got so much more now to do the AAU different things or playing multiple sports or things like that. I think their time is, you know, they're pulled in so many different directions. I, I agree 100% with what Coach Bird is saying. Uh, and, you know, it does, uh, you know, it, it's coexist. I think we've had to learn to coexist, but I – you know, I hear a lot of coaches complain about this or that or a different program or they're doing this. Well, you know, I think if, if my – I always took the thing, if, if okay, if they're going to be at my practice and they're working hard for me, then I'm going to support them if they go – you know, now I don't want them playing, you know, two games after a practice. I'm not saying that. But if they have – you know, if they're – during the summer they're on a, you know, an AA2U team or a travel team, I'd go watch them play. I mean, I want to support sure. them. I want them to know that, you know what, they're, they have a chance to get better, you know, and, and um, like I say, but as far as, you know, the kids changing a lot, I, I mean, I think the demands on their time have changed as much as anything. I mean, I just think it's been, it's crazy seeing how busy some of these kids are anymore. Well, and I think social media has microwaved that a little bit. I mean, I think they have some different pre- pressures that are presented. Um, there wasn't a lot um, 
obviously there wasn't any of that um, when you first started coaching. And I think that does bring sometimes, um, one, it does bring a busier schedule because people try to schedule in more things. Um, But two, you know, I think with social media and sometimes that overwhelming pressure that they feel and maybe that fear of failure or that's one thing that I think is probably the biggest change is just the added pressures that they feel um, and and not being able to cope as well. but you know, I also feel like kids are kids, like you said. And if you can guide them and if you can navigate some of those pressures and use basketball or whatever sport it is as therapy and provide that outlet, that's the healthiest approach. We've, we've all, all three of us have had things happen in our lives that um, I went 90, 92, 93, 94, 95, there was a period in my life where things were not going well personally and going to basketball practice, going to football practice, going to track practice was a therapy for me. Uh, our team right now, we've got kids that we share and, and I used to kind of complain as a young coach, but now it's like I almost embrace it when I've got two or three that are cheerleaders and I've got two or three that are dancers. And it's like, you know, that's what we, we need to have. We need people they're not going to be professional athletes, but they can do those things the rest of their lives, uh, and that's important. And that's part of the relationship building, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's something that's extremely important. And I think that's always been there. The relationship piece is extremely important, and to be able to support them in their other endeavors, mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty big, pretty big key. Um, I also think that um, you know, with with a lot of the players today, uh, they gravitate towards that um, that what you were talking about earlier. Teach me this. Tell me why I need to do that. It's not. They don't. It's not that because they're I said so. They yeah, don't want more that. Right. Yes. Right. And that's. I think that that's probably changed the most more than anything. But I agree with you 100. percent But like saying, and you know, even as a younger coach, if a player, if they did, even if they did it in the right way and asked a question, I think as a younger coach, sometimes I'm like. Excuse me, you know, right. but now it's like it just okay, you know. Yeah. They, there's they need a reason for. It. I mean, that's yeah. the day and age we're in, and and uh, so it, it definitely has changed as far as that. But I felt like a salesman sometimes. I you really have, did. You, you I have felt to. like you know you were you were selling a lot of things, right. and not a bad way. No, but that's no. You, it's that it's that recruiting thing, you know. With Coach Personal and I, we we're we're always recruiting oh, yeah. because mm-hmm. we've always. We're, we're talking to the fifth graders, we're talking to the sixth graders, we're talking to our junior high kids. And that's one of the things that, that brought me back here this year was the fact that we really feel like this group of junior high kids are really pivotal in our growth of our overall program mm-hmm. two, three years down the road, four years down the road. And we want them to have a really good taste of, of what, what they can be. Right. I tell kids all the time, we're going to try to coach you where we want you to be as a junior. You know, yeah, you're an eighth grader, but we're going to challenge you and try to bring you along so that you're making progress to where we want you to be when you're a junior. Yeah. And I think that kids like that. They yeah. like to they like to be challenged. They like yeah. to be coached. Yeah. Coach Burt, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to oh, Coach Burt mentioned important. something, too, about as a young coach, I would get so frustrated. You know, if we would go to a summer shootout or a summer camp or a summer team camp and a player or two had to miss, I would just, I mean, I, it just affected me negatively. It's like, well, what you when we went to Harrisonville, and maybe it was just getting older, and like I say, I was the fifth coach in seven years there, I believe. My first year was my the fifth coach in seven years, and we would uh, we bring you know we bring forty five to fifty kids on a, on our bus to Branson every year to the summer shootouts. Mm-hmm. We would have kid, we would just open it up, 
I tell my assistants, I said, I don't care if they played basketball last year. We try to get some of the football players who are good athletes. We had kids, I promise you, that went on those trips just to go down there and go to the go-kart tracks. But we also <laughs> had some kids that had never played basketball that helped us, you know, win district championships sure. down the road. There's two or three that were phenomenal. I mean, Division two and Division one football players that, you know, they just they were part of the experience. And, man, getting those guys in there with their work ethic and different things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and I, I, as Coach said, I embraced it later down. I mean, it's like, okay, we don't have – one, two, three, four. Well, guess what? Step up, next That's man right. up. You know, That's see right. what you got here, and and you know, so opportunity. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, we have to demand. We have to be demanding, but we can't be so demanding that you know we don't take into consideration. You, can't, you can't know, price yourself no, out of the no, market exactly. because that's what exactly. you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it I does help the retention in your program. It does, and about. I think it builds those relationships that that trust. You're building trust mm-hmm. with those players. Okay, you know what? I'm not going to say we're giving a little bit because I don't feel like it's a, it's the right thing to do. It's I mean, the word you used earlier, flexible. Flexible. you yeah. got to be flexible. Yeah. And, and I was not early – well, I'm not flexible <coughs> physically right now, but <laughs> coaching-wise in my the early years, I look back on it and I just like – you know, it's just – I wasn't. But I right. think that's that's what it was 34 years – 30 or 40 years ago. Coaches weren't very flexible with us. It was either going to be this. I'm going to tell a story on Coach Fisher. If we have a minute. Bring it on. So our <laughs> we always first, have time for that. Our first practice, I think my sophomore junior year, one of the, we had football season got over the night before the football coach had a meeting the next day I'll bring this up to him tonight too and he would turn in pads things like that well it just made him furious we were 28 minutes late to practice we started practice with 28 line drills the guys that had played football it was my senior and so we started practice with 28 line drills and, you know, I look back on that, and I give him grief about. I give him grief about a lot of stuff, but you know, I mean, but that was just the mindset. And I, I like to say, I have as much respect for Coach Fisher as any. You know, my dad and Coach Fisher are right there together in, in my in my book. Mm-hmm. And and that being said, you know, so you know, you know, when you see that and you see the success someone's had, and not just success on the floor, but success and sure. you know, he, I mean, he's uh, he's got more players that are successful you know in doing different things and you see that and it's like well that's the way to do it and I, I think I tried to put myself almost you know sometimes try to do too much copy too much maybe sure. so to speak uh, and, and you know so but I would say that's the biggest thing is just the flexibility I think that in that segues perfectly into what I wanted to ask you all next and I, I think it's really important to along the lines if any younger coaches are out there find mentors find people that you can bounce things off of um, so you know my question for you I know you all have had mentors and you've had different you've worked mm-hmm. with a lot of different coaches and sometimes you're like eh, I would do that differently and sometimes you're like I love that I'm stealing it so how did you develop your coaching style over the years with the different coaches that you worked with I'll start with coach Ferd on this one. I was very fortunate to work when I got into to basketball. I had a, I came out of college and I went to Miller. Uh, that's the one we didn't put on there. But <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, the boys' coach at the time was Rick Johnson, who had been there forever. And Rick was just fantastic. And he, one of the things that I remember uh, coming out of college, thinking, you know, if you got this kid and he's struggling with a shot, okay, why get him, take him aside, and fix it. And uh, so I looked at his team, and he had a kid that was a junior. And I go, Coach, when you fix that guy, he goes, Mark, he said, it's not that simple. Okay, he's done this since he was how old? What we're going to do is we're going to get him enough shots to keep him fundamentally sound, and then he'll figure it out. You know, And that at the time I remember thinking, no, that's not how you do that. But then as I got into it, 
the more you realize he's absolutely right. So Rick Johnson and and, and John Hetherington uh, helped me become a tr- you know just tremendous organizer of time, uh, rebuilding relationships. John Hetherington probably was the biggest influence on me in terms of you. It's all about the relationships, and if you don't have a relationship, and I think for me, one of the things that helped me was. As I was a long time, John's a long time assistant. I was there six years as his assistant, and then I went to Reed. Then I came, uh, I was Angie Wise's assistant, and so I was an assistant for a long time under different people Gary Scott, Dinah Blakeney, uh, Tim Brown. And you see so many different looks at it, and you do exactly what you talked about. I like that. Yes. I'm going to do that. Tim Brown was the most direct first year out of college. Mm-hmm. He brings in this kid that's a senior, and he says, I don't think from what I've seen in preseason stuff, I don't see you having a spot on this team because, and he went through it like he was a 20 year veteran, just looked across the desk at the kid and I, so impressed me here. I, you know, I've been coaching a long time and, and uh, it just impressed me. So you learn things uh, and then you learn to temper things. Uh, I like that, but I may not yeah. take it that far. Make it your own. Exactly. Yes. And then you take those things and, and you put them in and you develop your own philosophy about how to handle kids. Huh. Coach Mercer, I know you've had a lot of influences. And yeah, I have. And, and, and like I say, and, and I'm going to use this term, choose your battles, because I, it's kind of a, but I think that's a lot what, I mean, you know, the older I've got, I've realized, okay, maybe that's not such a big thing. And, and if, if you get on a kid for, something so minor I mean you, you got to correct it don't get me wrong but uh, I, I think that's a big thing but yeah I have coach Fisher obviously was you know I, I he was my coach uh, my junior or sophomore junior and s- senior years I believe and uh, then I was his assistant at Greenwood for three years uh, uh, just like say I, I owe him a lot like say because like say he's he's I mean just I mean, he's an excellent. He's coach. all right. He's all right. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that with him sitting next to me because he gets a big head. But in terms of basketball, the guy that he gets it. But in terms of the stuff away from basketball, he gets it even more. You know. Yeah. So and that's been important to me. I mean, he's been there. You know, for me in basketball and life and everything, and always will be. And, and like I say, so I, I respect the heck out of him. And and I've been around some other really good coaches. I've had some really good assistant coaches, and they, you know, that's one thing. You know, when I've had assistant coaches. And I've been blessed with Coach Fisher and when I was an assistant coach with Coach Miners at BBC and Coach Osborne and Nixa these last two years. You know, they allowed me to coach, allowed me to make mistakes. And, and that was one thing I thought, you know, if, if we did one thing really well, especially probably at Harrisonville, was I had some good assistants. I let them coach. You know, a lot of times there were practices where, you know, I remember hearing about Bear Bryant, you know, he'd be up in the, up in the, you know, when he's coaching Alabama football or different guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, we'd do a practice one. We'd go over it and we'd, okay, here's what I want. And, and trust, I would step in at different times. But they were such good coaches because I think that was important that it, it showed the players, hey, they have ownership of this team too. And if, if Coach Lewis, for example, is an assistant, but Coach Lewis sometimes is running practice. Well, and Coach Lewis sometimes did. You know, he would have his own, and I think that builds that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, ownership, yeah. and they, they see that, hey, there's a lot of people are, you know, got a hand in this, and I think that's important too. So, All right, so I, I've put you on the spot on several different things, and I, I can't believe how fast this hour goes by and how we're about to wrap this up. But if you had just 30 seconds of advice, you know, for an athlete, we've talked about coaches, for an athlete on what it takes to impress a coach when they step inside those lines, what would it be? I would say work hard. Be honest. Those are the two biggest things we always try to, you know, just come out and work hard and be honest. If you make a mistake or something happens to you and you screw up, 
come tell me. And I've had a lot of kids show up at my house say, Coach, I screwed up. This mm-hmm. happened last night. I'm sorry. I said, well, we'll deal with it. We'll handle it. We'll move on from there. Yeah. You know, but hearing, hearing about it secondhand, something like that, not the way I wanted to hear about stuff like that. So just honesty. You know, I, my dad always said, at the end of the day, the words are the only thing. Our words are the only thing we have, and that's that's mm-hmm. always resounded. I, I think working hard is the most important part of whatever of your. It's a life skill, and then I would add that just that you know, uh, it's not what happens to you; it's how you respond to it. Whether it's in basketball, whether it's in life, whether it's in a marriage, whether it's whatever, it's not what happens; it's how you respond because yeah. you get to choose that. And when you and you need to watch how you choose how you respond to things. That's excellent advice. I hope everybody gets a piece of paper and pencil and writes those down. That's that's great. Um, I appreciate you all being here tonight, um, Coach Burt. Always appreciate your time and and thank you so much for being on the show thank tonight. Thank you for having me. And Coach Mercer, appreciate you also thank coming you. back on the show. And um, I want to give a shout out to your Tri Lake shootouts because um, you you were talking about memories in the summer. I had lots of memories with my teams at your shootout. So thank you also for for running that conglomerate of off-season opportunities. (laughs) So thank you all very much. We're going to move into our post-game talk. Sponsored by Story Construction. Go to story.com for more information. They will give you high-quality service and high-quality satisfaction. Call Story Construction for your next project. Now for our post-game talk. Giving back to the game for the love of teaching and the athletes that that they work with is why these coaches are back on the sideline. Having the motivation to do so is impressive. So how can you give back? How can you give back into the areas of your life that have been good to you? Think about all of the different influences that you have had. How can you make an effort to make sure that you are also showing that gratitude and giving back? Find a way to give back. I honestly feel like doing things for others is the absolute key to happiness. So find that area, give back, and make that effort. It will be worth it. That is how champions do it. And I'm going to remind you as I do each and every week, be a good human and live your life like a champion. Live your life like a human champion. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this has been A Coach's Perspective. Fire, fire, fire.